Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team. Hi, it's episode 9, season 7 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Joining me this week, Bex from Portsmouth. Good afternoon. And back for the first time this season, Nikki from Johannesburg. Hello, everybody. Hi, Nikki. Right, um, it's been uh, been quite quite a few days. Um, we obviously we won on Thursday. Um, Harry Kane, Harry Kane breaking all sorts of records, getting on getting on the score sheet. We'll, we'll talk a bit more about Kane later on in the podcast. Um, we'll take some of your questions. We will ask Nikki her idea of uh, her Spurs heaven and hell, um, her person play on moment memory um, from her time supporting the club, um, uh, heaven and hell. But before all of that, let's um, let's try. We'll try our best to talk about today and try to try to talk about some of the positives from today's game. Um, We. Won the match. We went top of the table for a brief while, but it was a it was a painful watch. I didn't see Nikki. Did you have that game? I I didn't um, stream it, and I certainly wasn't paying fifteen quid for the privilege, which is what we have to do in the UK. So I listened to it on the radio, and it sounded like a bad watch. How about you, Nikki? You know what? Actually, it it wasn't as bad as it sounded because we were we were pretty good. We were we were in the game all the time. Um, I think I think West Brom have always been a bit of a bogey team for us, and the fact that we came away with the three, the three points is really great. Uh, I remember being in the UK in 2014 uh, for one of my first ever times to the lane to watch to watch Spurs play and it was our worst game in like 20 years and we, we lost West Brom so it was disastrous but today um, you know it was a slow start it wasn't it wasn't the greatest performance but we weren't bad we weren't it was just slow you know and nobody did anything that was disastrous or horrible or bad or terrible or anything really noteworthy it was just, it was just one of those. I say, I still, I remember saying to Paul, sort of halfway um, into the first half, I said, you know what? If we can just get out of this nil nil at half time, we will come back and beat them. Even if it's just one nil, we will beat them. And I drank enough tequila to ensure that we did. <laughs> well, thank you for taking one for the team, Nikki. Clearly. It it, it 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 was hard. It was tough. It 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 took a lot of convincing, but I did it for you guys. So you're welcome. And um, it my point is, it didn't sound. It, it didn't look as bad as it sounded. We were they were good moments. And I suppose it depends on your commentary because unfortunately, you know, the commentators are so bloody biased. So it just depends on who you're listening to and and who's commentating. Whether they're for Spurs or against Spurs, or supposedly unbiased, but 
they're not really so just depends we've gone for a period of games earlier this season in the league where we were smashing Southampton 5-1 or 5-2 5-2 I think Um, United 6-1 playing really really well in a first half against West Ham but then getting nothing coming away getting nothing from that match and then more recently, you look at the last three league matches, Burnley, 1-0, first clean sheet of the season. Not not a fantastic game of football. Um, last week beating Brighton, I actually forget the scoreline, was it 2-0 or 2-1? 2-1, I think, possibly. Um, wasn't a great game of football. Today, another win, another clean sheet. And we, we were getting the points on, on, on the board, so that's, that's, that's really good. Anything else is wasted effort. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, we'd like to come on and smash every team and beat them 4-1, 5-1, 6-2, whatever the case is, or even keep a clean sheets. But the fact is, I think the mark of a good team is when it is a tough game and, and they're really good against us. They sort of show up defensively and it's hard to break them down and we're able to get that 1-0 win. You've got to take it. You've, mm. got, to, you've got to accept that, you know... We, we broke through and we were able to get that goal, especially late in the game. You know, I mean, if it's early in the game, then it becomes a, the defensive game. You've got to defend and try and keep that that goal and try and keep the win. But when it happens so late in the game, you just got to you got to appreciate the fact that you know what, it happens. I mean, it, it was tough. I was worried. I went to the loo. We scored again. Sorry, it's a, it's a tradition. It's tequila or it's going to the toilet I went to the toilet <laughs> you're welcome you, you've just got to you've just got to maintain those high standards going forward and then we'll just it's guaranteed victory each and every time um, I'm sorry I'll try better next <laughs> John had a, a good comment from a question from John Steggles and I suppose it touches on the point that you've just made and he just says what do they say about teams that play badly and win and I think there's that. There's always that old adage about teams that win the league, and they that they will have games over the course of a season where they don't play particularly well, but they still grind out a result. Yeah, but the point of the game is to win and get the three points. It doesn't matter how you win. No, those three points are what counts. And at the end Shh. of the day, you know, come the end of the season, next season, whatever. We will remember where we finish in the league. We won't specifically necessarily remember this game one way or another it's not going to be oh we played so badly in that game it's going to be you look at the cumulative total of how we played and where we finished in the league so not every game is going to be glory some of them are going to be shit but three points is all that matters it doesn't matter how you get there so long as you get there well and we've had a we've had a fair share of games like this in the past where we've not played well and 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 picked up results and once like you say once you do that that's it points are in the bag and it's forgotten about come the end of the season. If we'd come away with come away from West Brom with a, a nil-nil draw, then yeah, possibly come the end of the season, we might be looking back at this as as uh, a game where we dropped some points and it proved costly. As it is, we didn't. I think that the, the, the positives, yeah, the clean sheet, the, the, the win first and foremost, three points. Um, clean sheets always good. I think obviously Kane scoring great. Um, and and although he didn't have a fantastic game, I don't think anybody played particularly well. But I like the fact that Bale played 78 minutes. He got that's the most he's played for us 
this season in a match. The first Premier League game he started, 78 minutes under his belt, and that's all going to help him with his fitness and, and getting sharper. And also, yeah, we went top of the table very, very briefly because Leicester are winning now, so we've dropped into second. But regardless, we, we, we go into the international break with the points in the bag, and yeah, and that's good. And that's always important, isn't it, before a break to make sure that the team goes its separate ways on international duties on a high. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd like to think that that will help when they come back post this international break, which is absolutely pointless as ever. Um, and that everybody will be feeling in a better, in a really good place, and then we can crack on. Yeah. Just on the international break, um, obviously the concern always is that players go away and you're always worried are they going to come back with an injury are they going to come back tired you know we've got quite a few international players Kane um, since he's so pivotal to England Bale Davis Rodon etc etc but there was news today about Hoiberg that he won't be taking part in Denmark's games because of some sort of Covid related thing um, that I think devastated. it. I think it was to do with the fact that they're um, in a uh, some sort of lockdown or whatever, and there's a particular particular window, and and they're we're still within that, and therefore you can't travel in in and out. So anyway, yeah, great. It, was, it doesn't affect us, so he's <laughs> he's going to be he's not going to be kicking a ball for Denmark for the next few weeks. So he'll hopefully be be, be fresh um, for for games after the international break um, we had a question from the cockerel his twitter handle is at Felix Tando 2 I'm not sure well, I think I know what he means um, so yeah, his question is Dr Tottenham is proving a bit harder to kill off than we thought isn't it <laughs> or isn't he I... well yeah because traditionally we have gone to places and teams that aren't doing so well have mm-hmm. walked over us um, so this is a Today's game was a game that I think we would have expected to drop points, but instead, in, in defiance of our usual style, we've actually defended, dug in, and come away with three points and a clean sheet. Mm. Who's Dr. Tottenham? Sorry. It's just a reference to, um, like, yeah, when a, when it's when a when a when an opposition team is doing poorly and they're not they're not um, uh, they're not scoring their, their star striker is you know on a barren streak or something you can absolutely bet your bottom dollar that they're going to come to Spurs and score. Doctor um, Tottenham gives them their medicine and they they get the three points, um, but that that wasn't the case today. Um, Right, we have a question from Nate um, on Twitter. He says he asks for. Um, I'll ask you, Nikki, um, who who your man of the match was. He he goes on to say he thinks Dembele played really well until he got taken off. He was denied an assist, an amazing assist when Son waited too long to pull the trigger. Was there a player that stood out for you, Nikki? Look, just on Dembele. Okay, he they, for me there's some resemblance to Musa Dembele. Which is really exciting. He, um, he's, if if we're lucky, he's going to really blossom, and and he also scores goals for us, etc. And and I think he'll be probably and Dembele on on steroids. He's coming into his own. He's playing really well, um, and it, it helps that his his name is sort of similar, Dembele, Dembele. 
whatever. <laughs> it's so, uh, you know, look, he was good. Uh, standout player for me at, at the top of my head, could I think of anybody? Not really. I mean, I think I think for me, who I'm really impressed with is is Regulon. There's there's an X factor about that boy. That's mm-hmm. that's really exciting. He uh, he probably surpasses. You you guys know how I love Danny Rose, okay? And he surpasses all of that. So he there, there's something about that boy that I think is really special, and I think he's going to bring us some really really brilliant X factor, and he's just going to get better. But in terms of today, today's game, I think it was a team effort. I don't think anybody really stood out. I think everybody just kind of dug their heels in and tried their damn best. And at the end of the day, probably Harry because he scored the goal, but not really me because I went to the Louvre. So. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Love match. <laughs> Re- Regulon reminds me a little bit, so slightly, of a young Gareth Bale in when early on in his career when he was playing like as a left back or left wing just just by the way he just drives the ball forward and you're right Nicky we've not really had anybody like that since Danny Rose um on the left hand mm-hmm. side I think he just he just uh, he, he just surge, brings the ball forward carries it forward with, with pace it doesn't always work out sometimes he loses the ball but oh. But I think that it's good to have that option because it, it, it stretches teams. Um, and if somebody is committing and bringing the ball forward from the back, then it's, it invites other players to... Um, it opens up the opposition to... to, to, to well, they, they basically... They, they, they've got to go for the player, so it, they, they, they will... Yeah. They, they, they lose their shape and, it, and, and suddenly that starts... Cr- Create openings on on in the create openings on the pitch um, uh, and space um, for other players to exploit. Um, my man of the match, I see. I like yeah. The, we got the three points. Um, I you know I wasn't ov- overly. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy the game as a spectacle, um, so it was really difficult. Did, you watch it? Did I watch it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't. I just. I, I mean. I thought early on we were fine. I thought like, very early on in the game, I thought Son had that really, really good chance, and I don't know why he didn't score. It just seemed to. It was almost like he had had too much time, and I think if it was more of an instinctive chance, he would have just scored. And then a little bit after that, there was the the foul, or the there wasn't. Well, the referee didn't give it give it as a foul, but there was the um, what looked like obstruction on Dombele when he went down. And after that, I just felt that we we suddenly lost our sparkle. And West Brom came into the game. They had a period where they in the first half where they had a lot of possession, but they didn't they didn't do anything with it. This is this is the thing, and we see with a lot of teams, poorer teams that aren't technically good. They can have possession, and to some degree, Brighton did last week as well. But they don't have control of the game. They don't really threaten. Um, yeah against a better technical team then that would be a worry if we played a better team and we gave them possession but they they didn't really threaten and but like i just didn't think we did for, for large parts of the game so it's difficult for me to certainly going forward it's difficult for me to, to pick a man of the match i, I thought dyer and eric dyer and toby were solid um 
they just looked particularly dire. He, he had some really good moments, dire. He was s- certainly better than he has been in the past, and mm-hmm. uh, I was quite impressed with him. But uh, but I agree. I mean, you know what? I mean, we can sit here and nitpick and and say that we weren't really great and there were moments that were really boring. It was the most exciting game that we've ever played. But I suppose the mark of a winning team, let's think back. Uh, I think, wasn't it the season that Leicester won? I mean, okay, granted, they had the the referees on their side, so that's why they won that season. But, you know, every time they won, it was was 1-0 wins, you know? And... Uh, that's that's the mark of a great team. We can grind out the result, even if it's not pretty, as long as we get the result. That's all that matters, mm. you know. And I mean, I would love us to just go out and smash teams left, right, and centre, but that's going to also get boring. So, no. you know, Spurs, <laughs> being Spurs, you know, we we keep it interesting and we keep us on the edge of our seats. <laughs> It's also not. It's also smashing teams. You know, six one. It's not going to happen every week. It's just not. No, it's just not. No, you know, there's going to be every now, now and then. There's going to be games like this. And that's fine. And um, that's something that we all know is going to happen. And part of that is, I think, I think the lack of fans really doesn't help. But I think that's also the way Mourinho plays to an extent. Yeah, all right. That Man U game, we just ran away with it. But if this is the way, for whatever reason, if this is the way it's going to have to be, if your choice is still between playing fantastic, glorious, beautiful football and not getting the points, or playing football that just gets us the points, what would you rather have? Get the points. Mm. Yeah, every time. Well, both. Because yeah, if you're going to have, yeah, in an ideal world, but you know. Exactly, yeah. Ideal. <laughs> as I'm still not a lottery winner, then that's not going to happen. So um, it's just that's that's the way it goes, isn't it? And yes, everybody would like to have both. But if you can't have both out of those two options, what would you prefer? And I definitely prefer to have maybe slightly more boring games if it means ultimately we walk away with the points. Something, yeah, because yeah. we that means we will get something out of it. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Depressing as it is to hear. <laughs> so Kane got the winner. Um, Kane also yeah. got scored for us on Thursday. So that got, his goal on Thursday was his 200th goal uh, in 300 appearances. Um, it also happened to be, I think, his hundredth goal away from home, yeah. which is also quite impressive. 27 years of age, obviously got goal, got the winner today. A good, good header. Um, I mean, his back was effectively faced the goal. Um, and he turned and flicked it in. It was it was good. A good ball from Doherty, it has to be said as well. It was good good for him, I think, for his confidence for him to get an assist. Um but yeah, and today two hundred and first goal now for Spurs. That's seven, eight, eight behind moving into second place in our all-time list of all-time goal scorers. Um, Jimmy Greaves at the moment leads, leads away on 266 goals. Um, and and it was also his 150th goal, Premier League goal as well. Um, so he's in the top 10. I, I read a stat um, just before we were recording that 
There are only two other players in the Premier League history that have reached 150 goals quicker than he has. So he's done it in 218 games. Uh, Sergio Aguero did, did it in 217, so there's not much in that. And Anne Shearer did it in 212. That's, that's still nonetheless pretty impressive. And he's closing in on Alan Shearer's Premier League record, which I think off the top of my head is 260, I think, something like that. Um, yeah. So he needs another 100-plus to go, but he's, tw- he's only 27. Shearer finished playing at 35, a few months short of his 36th um, birthday. If, if, if Kane continues... If it takes Kane that long, if it takes Kane another yeah. eight years to score 60 goals, then he's not the player we all think he is. Yeah, exactly. no, he, he, he will do it. He will do it in quicker, quicker time. And, all, and also, we've got to bear in mind, Kane has missed a lot of football. Not, but he, he's had his fair share of injuries the last few years. Yep, yep, yep. Look, Paul and I were talking about this earlier, and um, we, you know, Paul was making a point that if if Teddy sharing him was was known as the magician, Harry Kane is without a doubt the wizard. Okay, so. You know, he's not the fastest player, and we all know that. But he's, he's almost a combination of, of, of Teddy Sheringham and Gary Lineker. So he's, he's a blend of both, where he's got the speed and he's got the, the skill and the, and the creative part of him. That just, he's just, he really is brilliant. I mean, and he's one of our own. So all these people that kept saying he's a one-season wonder, they must just fuck off because they actually don't know anything about football or Harry for that matter and those who keep saying he's going to leave us they must also piss off <laughs> say how you so, think it Nikki don't mess around I know I've had tequila because, you know I've equal a goal so and the tequila went straight to my head I'm sorry guys if I swear he's an amazing player amazing player and, and, and you know now that we've got um Vicinius, i can't say his name anyway Vinicius, um, right thank you nikki Vinicius. <laughs> now that we've got him in the squad um as and and Gareth Bale, you know, allows us to rest Kane um, a little bit more, and I think that will help with with injuries and prolonging his career at Spurs. And if we win something this season, then I think the chances of him staying at Spurs will or ending his career at Spurs, I think, of, will be very high. And that that bodes well. Hmm. Sorry, Chad, to interrupt you. Can I ask you guys a question? And I don't know if this... I will be honest. I don't know if it's been asked in the pod. But how do you guys think Harry feels... uh, No, Gareth feels about playing with the likes of Harry and Son? I think he's quite happy to do that. Do you think he feels excited, like... Like he's coming into the team and if like, you've watched got two of them, why would you not want to go and play with them? Absolutely. Knowing that what you bring should enhance what they already have. Yeah. Mm. And vice versa. Yeah, God yeah. And you know, I think for Kane as well, because he was at Spurs when Bale left and Kane yeah. was effectively that replacement or part of that team of replacements. Why would you not want to see him? Why would you not want him to come back and be able to play alongside him? Mm. I get goosebumps while you're saying that because <laughs> just 
you know, just I, I can just imagine being a player um, like Gareth Bale, who, let's be honest, he is he is a Tottenham legend, regardless. Okay, and he's come back, and it's it's exciting, it's fantastic. Harry Kane is a legend already because of what he's achieved, and and of course Sonny, you know, we we've got some incredible players, and and you know, it, it is so exciting to think about the depth that we have and yeah while it might not be the most exciting football under Jose Mourinho and he's not my favorite coach but by any stretch of the imagination we're grinding out results slowly but surely and at the end of the day that's what's going to win us titles get the result however ugly it might be I mean exciting exciting and and Mourinho aren't two words that I'd use in the same sentence, but oh. yeah, yeah, you're, you're, uh, yeah, we're getting the re- we're getting the results so far. That's good, that's good. Um, did they, Bale and Kane they linked up well against um, Ludogorets on Thursday, I think, for one of the goals. Was it Mora's goal? Yeah. 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 They did. And it's exciting to watch. It really is, you know. And I think I think for. For Gareth Bale to come in and he's got that experience and everyone talks about it and everything and and I think for the for the rest of the team for them to just look at him and he goes, okay guys, so we're coming in for a big big game and and this is the mindset you need to have. I mean that must that must be priceless really. It, it would just be really interesting to see if if we can get something this season. Mm-hmm. Just you know if if he brings a little bit of stability and a little bit of composure to the team and and it's not just all jose it's it's just about having someone being there done that let me show you guys let me tell you how it's done let me just just follow my lead as such i mean everybody knows well not everybody knows but he broke my heart when he left Spurs. <laughs> I, I was devastated, and and I vowed to never forgive him. And and when there was talk of him coming back to Spurs, I was like, yeah, whatever. If he comes back, who cares? What? And then it was signed, and I was like, oh, welcome back, my boy. I love you. I'm just. I was so. I was like a tart. It was ridiculous. I was just opening him, opening open arms. It's like come back, my boy. I love you. I love you. I never stop loving you. I'm ridiculous. It's surreal. It's surreal seeing him in a special. I don't think you were the only one, Nikki. I know. There was a lot of that, wasn't there, Jamad? <laughs> <laughs> there was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I think the nice thing about Bailey is right. He brings all that experience and quality and stardust, but. I don't think there's any pressure. Yeah, he, there's no pressure on him because he walks into a team where he's got Kane and Son. Okay, so oh. if, if Bale is slowly at the moment getting his fitness, slowly, slowly, you know, he hasn't played a lot of football um, for Madrid in the last year. He's not had a pre-season, so he's, he's going to take a while. Whilst he go, goes about do, quietly, um, you know, regaining his fitness and and slowly getting. In the meantime, Kane and Kane and Son are scoring goals, so it's fine. There's no, there's no like. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's not, not like soul, soul man, is he? He's not the savior. He's not like oh no. shit, we needed you know. Okay, he can he can do he's his like thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 do you know what? When he suddenly hits the form that he's capable of, hopefully now. I'm not going to say the bale of old, but 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 the but playing to his potential as a 31 year old. 
Um, once he's got that, that's going to be a really good strike force with Son and Kane. And if one of them, ha- if if you know, if, if Kane has an off day, then then you've got Bale who can pick up the ball and smash it from thirty yards. So it's it's good. And he doesn't have an ego. This is this is the nice thing about Bale. I think he's yeah. he's very grounded and. I don't think he's going to come to Spurs thinking like I'm the top dog or anything like that. I think he's, he knows he's part of the team. Um, Bex, before before you tell us how Spurs ladies have done because they they haven't played in a few weeks. Um, on Thursday, um, I wanted to pick this point up with you because um, in the Europa League, um, you're allowed to make five substitutions, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we made as many as five on Thursday, and we certainly did yeah. the previous week. Um, I'm dead against this. I don't know what Nicky's thoughts are. I'm I'm really against this. But you're a, you're a fan. Tell us why. Tell because me the merits of five substitutions. I think it allows us to rest our players. I think it gives us a little bit more scope to play around. Um, and if the game isn't going well, your options for change are that much better. So I think it will serve us well further on in the competition because we all know the Europa's a bit more scrappy than the Champions League. And I think it will give us that option to rest players instead of having no option but to have them either on the pitch or on the bench. Some of our key players we can leave and then it allows the rotation to be Mm -hmm. done in a different way because you've got it's a bigger circle to to pick from. Yeah. Do you think it's... But don't you think that a part of... But the danger of having five substitutions is that it can be disruptive to the game and to the pattern and to nope. making that all. that many changes suddenly. No, I don't. I don't think it does. I think we have a really big squad, and you need to. There is there needs to be a balance to keep everybody happy and engaged and on side. And the best way to do that is to have them on the pitch. So mm. yes, they are crappy Europa League games. But they mean something somewhere on the line. It's the same as the early stages of the FA Cup, isn't it? People mm-hmm. might not want to go to Buddy, some little tiny place, Shrewsbury, or you know. But they have to be. These games have to be played and won in order for us to progress. Yeah. So if you're part of that team, even if you're on the fringes of that first team, somebody like Jack Clark, for example, you need to be there. You need to be on the pitch to at least have a little bit of involvement with the cause. It gives you a common talking point. It keeps you involved. It very much keeps you on side. I'd rather have players on side, even if they're at the fringe of the team, than grumpy because they haven't had a game. Is it something they can't fit them in? Is it something that you'd like introduced or reintroduced in the Premier League? Because we had it yeah. for a little bit. Yes, sorry. Yeah, yes, on, yeah, you would. For the same okay. reason, exactly the same reason. Yeah, yeah. I agree with Bix because you know the thing is. We've got a big squad, and and yes, so Jose chooses his starting eleven, but everybody everybody trains together. Everybody has to show up, so everybody knows what the game plan is, and everybody has their position that they've got to play. So if they've got to come in and and do a certain task, you would hope that that whoever is being substituted can come in and do that task. Whether it's three players or five players, I think if we've got five, it's it's it, it, it might backfire, but it might play to our favour. And at the end of the day, we've got to we've got to just all play as a team, and everybody's got to show up. So I think you've got more of a chance of wanting to perform 
if you've got the opportunity to possibly come in as a sub and be an impact sub and and prove to Jose that you deserve to maybe start the following game so you've got more to prove in a way um, and, and it, it creates more of a team spirit because if everybody's got to be be on point they've got to they've got to know that okay so I wasn't quite able to do it today but Lucas Moura is coming in for me and he might be able to do something that results in a goal it's it's not a jealousy thing it's just different people different players abilities to be able to come come in and impact the game positively hopefully and if it's disruptive to us it's also disruptive to our opponents potentially because they have exactly the same options um so whilst it might not in any one game it may not disadvantage us but it may not work out in quite the same way for them and in that case we'll benefit and vice versa Mm. And, and you don't, don't feel like it. I hate it. I absolutely <laughs> hate it. You hate hated it. the introduction of red and yellow cards. I can't believe they brought a referee in. Sorry, with a whistle. I couldn't quite hear you. Could you please repeat Sorry, what you said? Sorry, my Siri's just. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I, I just had my phone next to me. I didn't even touch it, and just Siri just comes on. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Look, I, Why? so really? all the reasons that Bex gave, I agree with. I think that it's that. For, for having it in terms of like I get the fact that we've got particularly this season we've got a lot of matches we've got a lot of matches in a sh- uh, compressed period of time because of you know because of this pandemic and because of the, the season starting late so it, it um, there's there's more international games in this two, in this two week period so rather than the two games there's three there's a lot of football so from that perspective I get the fact that you rest players particularly in the Europa you don't have to name a substitute substitutes bench of whatever it is six seven you can name the whole you can have your bench with your whole squad so potentially that you know that allows you to and if you increase the number of subs you can bring on to five you can give somebody like Jack Clark a chance that's great that totally get that I just like I just feel there's something to be said for you pick your best eleven to start a match. You feel this is the best eleven in terms of their form, in terms of the the opposition. Sometimes it might not be the best eleven. It might be you might have one player start for tactical reasons over another, but you feel this is the best eleven for that given match. And and I just want to see that best eleven, you know, perform without lots of changes. changes the opportunity, the option, whatever happens throughout the game. So, have gone to work and got halfway through the day and thought, bugger this, I need to not be here. Yeah, and that's where I'm limited to about two or three substitutions. <laughs> I, I, ju- I just find it like, not when I, when, earlier on when I, when I said about it being disruptive, I didn't mean like f- to us, I just meant as a spectacle. It just suddenly. It's a bit like game. yeah, it's like there's preseason when you watch preseason friendlies, and the first half they play a really strong team, and then the second half um, they make five or six changes. Sometimes they make three, and then they suddenly make another two, and it just all happens all at once. And it, 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 from a spectacle point of view, I, f- I find it. I, I also think that depends like, who's being subbed though. And yeah, are very they're a good barometer of saying that player is gash and that a change should be made and quite often you know sometimes if you are lucky then the manager agrees with you whether because even though he can't hear you but and that that change will happen and i think it's just some you you don't have a good day every single day 
so I get it. If you're out on the pitch for 45 minutes and actually, for whatever reason, you've picked up a knock, somebody, you're just not feeling your best for whatever reason. And if the manager says, OK, I want you to come off. Then you'll think that's a good, that is a really good thing. How far would you, you go? Have to risk, you don't have to risk any further injury. And sometimes you just need to not be there. How far would you go? Five, six, seven, eight, no, nine, ten? I think ten. five's all right, thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if it's right. t- so when did they bring in the three subs rule uh, oh god it was in the Premier League era so it was at some point after 92 yeah yeah. Okay, um, yeah but I, I, so then it's taken them almost 20 years and a global pandemic to change that yes yeah. so I wouldn't well, imagine it's likely to change anytime soon <laughs> to, uh, yeah um well, I mean, it has. They 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 brought it into the, in in the Premier League last towards the end of last season when when they after the yeah. after the restart yeah. they've they not they voted against it this season in the Premier League, but it's in the Europa. Maybe the Europa is going to be a barometer, and they look at that, and maybe next season it'll be it'll be in the league, and it'll be just one of those things that becomes part of the course and I'll just accept it and stop complaining about it um, but Nicky, really quick quick one for me um, uh, actually mentioned a pandemic um, Nicky, you're chair of the Johannesburg Spurs supporters club yeah. um, now, I haven't been keeping um, uh, I haven't really been sort of looking at what's going on in other countries, not least South Africa, in terms of the pandemic and hand and lockdowns and all of that stuff. Um, but in terms of in terms of you know, big part of you being cherished supporters club you'd organise you know in the pre-COVID days, pre-pandemic days, you would organise. Um, uh, socials with other Tottenham fans in the Johannesburg area meet up in a in a bar beforehand and afterwards and I don't know they, they are they are quite sociable affairs um how has the pandemic affected things has there been any I, I'm, I'm curious has there been have they stopped altogether has there, has there been any scope to continue them but with limited numbers what's how has it changed things from your perspective as a as of the Janusburg Spurs Supporters Club? Well, so in in March, our government uh, announced a lockdown happening uh, towards the end of March. And, and I think in terms of global lockdowns, we were probably one of the strictest out of... No out wine. Of Seriously, there was no alcohol sales, no, no cigarette sales whatsoever. And and we we started off at a level six, and when you move down level five, four, three, whatever the case is, you know restrictions would kind of ease. And pretty much, you know, we we had a three week lockdown. Uh, two weeks into it, they announced another two week, uh, three week extension, etc. So it was a five six week really really severe lockdown then we moved from level five to level four where certain people could go back to work but they were still encouraging people to work from home and it was absolutely law you could not go out in public without a mask on if you were out in public without a mask on you would be fined or arrested it was it was 
it, that's what it was law. There was just there was no gray area, whatever the case is, and it's still pretty much like that now. Even though we're on level one, where they've now allowed alcohol sales between Monday and Friday, certain hours, etc. You you know restaurants, whatever the case is, you you're allowed to go to restaurants now and and entertain and everything. Um, Restrictions were really, really, really strict, and I don't think it's a bad thing because I think it's actually been for our benefits. They've only recently opened the borders to allow international travel, but even international travel has huge restrictions. You've got to come in, you've got to present a test, you've got to, you know, it's all sorts of things. So in terms of of the Spurs Supporters Club, um, level level three. Um, allowed us to to maybe start engaging again but we found that a lot of people don't want to a lot of people are are not keen to just go out and and mingle with other people so so at the moment jav our supporters club gathering social match day socials which is what we used to call them Mm. are, are kind of on hold we we do select the select few where it's a big game and we say, okay, we're going to meet for this game if you would like to join us. And even those big games, if we're eight to ten people, it's a lot because people are just scared in this country. They don't they don't want to disobey rules. We, we're very law-abiding. So they don't want to disobey rules. They don't want to do anything that's going to put them their health in jeopardy or put their loved one's health in jeopardy. And... Uh, and it is what it is. So at the moment, you know, I've said to the, the club, look, let's just ride out 2020, see where we are come January 2021, and have a look at what the status is, what the government says, and, and see where we are in terms of restarting up the, the match day socials every week. But at the moment, you know, it's it's not every week and and it's not just as a result of the pandemic even even before that pre-potch uh pre-jose we weren't performing so unfortunately you know attendance dwindled because yeah. everybody was like oh well we're not performing so what's the point of going we'd rather just watch at home and and watch us lose or draw um why go out and spend money and still do that I was actually funny enough. Sorry, I'm, I know I'm, I'm um, waffling on here a bit, but I was speaking to my personal trainer, who happens to be a Liverpool supporter, and we were talking about, and he was asking me the same question about the the Spurs Supporters Club, and I said to him, you know, it, it, it's really disappointing because when we were at this one particular at at my kitchen, it was just brilliant. We had such amazing attendance, and then we changed venues. We weren't performing as well, and and while we we got new members that came in, the regular members that used to attend just stopped coming, and we don't know entirely if it was because of a change of venue or if it was because we weren't giving the results that they were used to, you know, seeing Spurs give. It, it's it's such a it's such a hard it's such a hard thing a hard balance. And um, and then we were saying, you know, South Africans are really pathetic because we complain about having to drive 10, 15 minutes to go and watch a game with other supporters, whereas people in the UK travel 
one, two, three hours to go and watch a game. You know, put it into perspective, people. You actually have no idea what it is to sacrifice an afternoon to go and watch a game. And, and, and I'm sure people in the UK would give anything to sacrifice that time to be able to go and watch their team play in a stadium. Yeah. God, it's a I depressing game, time. It, it takes me a long time Sorry. to get there. So I get that. This pandemic is pretty depressing in terms of in terms of the impact it, it's it's had. So all the things that we just take for granted. Uh, Spurs ladies, Bex, how have they been doing? Uh, Spurs women, for oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> What is it? Okay, so educate me. What's wrong with ladies? It's a pejorative term, it's isn't it? It's, it's little ladies go on stay at home. Type really? Thing. Yeah, that's the way I think it's felt. If you look across them, the WSL, all of the teams have changed their name. I just, really? I just, to, yeah. to me, ladies is just like gents. It's just, it's a polite exactly. way of saying. It is exactly, but it's the men's team and the ladies team not the men's and women's team. If it was the gents' team, then it would be the ladies' team. Okay. Try to get it right Semantics, going forward. I would suggest, but yeah. I, I, for me, it feels better. Um, so they played on Wednesday against Chelsea in the County Cup and lost 2-0, which is not ideal, but I think we've had a bad run of results so far. And I think, again, 2-0 is not ideal but given the level that Chelsea are at I think we've probably made a really good show of ourselves um, and then we played yesterday we played Reading at home and came away with a one or draw um, whilst yesterday was about the game and it's rude to pick on one particular player Alex Morgan played yesterday and got some time under her belt which I think was really really useful for her because she hasn't thus far so it maybe would have made her feel a little bit happier about life um, at Tottenham so that leaves the women's team ninth in the league which again isn't great but I think the important thing is for them to stay in the league and not drop down to WSL2 um, mm. that will make them feel quite happy um, I don't know if they're wobble at the start and middle or the start of the season um, I don't know what that's been down to and again they've had a fair bunch of newer players come in um, so yeah, it's just one of those suck it and see things. Is it a question of Morgan will lift the whole team once she's settled? Or not? Mm. Anyway, so their next game is next weekend. They play Bristol um, women at, down at Twerton Park. That's next mm, Saturday, half past six, the 14th. Yeah, that is Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. At half past six, which is an unusual time to, for them to play. Mm. Um, followed by the following week, where they on the 18th which is the Tuesday they play Arsenal again in the Conti League Cup because that's played as a round robin so that'll be interesting to watch and see how that goes yeah that's going to be a tough is that televised at all some of the, the league games generally are you can get them through um, the FA website but the cup games not so much so I've watched a couple of games so far this season okay, okay. it must be hard though for Regardless, men's, women's, it, it, it must be hard being, you know, playing without the supporters. You know, yeah. 
how important are the supporters really at the end of the day? Because having said that, I mean, our, our away results are, are much better than home results at the moment. What does that tell you? I think that what it tells you is that there's no such thing as home advantage perhaps now. Yeah, yeah, there isn't. That, that, because there's no uh, difference, is there? Yeah. Sure, the dimensions of the pitch and the, the, the everything else, the, the familiarity is is a slight advantage for the for, for the respective home teams. But the the advantage of the crowd, the positive advantage of a crap for a, a crowd uh, for whichever home side isn't going to be there anymore because there's no crowd. No. Yeah. Um, exactly. I suppose the flip side is that maybe also if there's no crowd, then some players might feel less pressure to make mistakes that sort of thing it might that might be beneficial in some ways but ultimately you know football is about football's about spectators and the sooner and it's not the same yeah mm. the sooner it can happen in a safe um way the, the better right we've got two more questions before we ask nikki her idea of spurs heaven and hell um firstly from zoe pearson Twitter handle is at Z underscore Pearson THFC. Um, she says, Mr. Tottenham delivers again. Um, and in this case, she's referring to Harry Kane. Has he encompassed the Ericsson role with the last gas winners as well as his assists and passing ability? I mean, he does that. He, he's, to me, he's a complete striker. You know, he can be in the box, get yeah, goals. He's he a lot more than that because he can go back and defend. Um, was it Kane that sco- that cleared one off the line last week? Day? Yeah, yeah. Or last week, yeah. Brighton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's more than just a striker by quite some way. Yeah, his all-round play is better. You look at him; he just he looks like he's everywhere on the pitch all of the time. Every mm. time you look up, there's Kane. Yeah. I agree. It's it's like I was saying earlier. He's he is a nine and a half because he's between a nine and a ten. He's he's creative, but he's you know he's he's he has necessarily got the speed, but he's also got the creativity and he's also got the the defensive side of him. So he's an all rounder, which is just so unusual. You know, he mm-hmm. he really is. He's a remarkable player and and. I, you know, there's there's no other way. He's he's a he's a wizard. End end of story. Which is so 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 lucky to have him, and we're so lucky to be alive at this moment and watching 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 this player over the last few years. Because, and I said this before, that you know there, there are players of previous generations you hear about. You hear about Jimmy Greaves and. Um, Hoddle, right? Glenn Hoddle and 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 that's great, that's fine. But unless you, it's fine for the people who were there. But yeah. <laughs> but I, I want I want somebody that I can look to in my time, and I can say, oh, you know, so and so, Harry Kane, he was really good, and I, and and almost okay. well, yeah, I was there. Yeah, get, you can bore younger people to tears with the absolutely yes. Yeah. So I can torment them, and they can yeah, they can feel yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, we're like we're so and it's not like you know the whole thing about one season one day it's not like we had one season of Kane or it was a flash in the pan we've we've over the last five six years arguably six years I would say we've we've just watched him blossom and develop and do it season after season um and it's yeah it's great great to wit- wit- to be witness to that that 
the thing about Ericsson, he's not at the club anymore, and Deli Ali isn't playing, so there's there's a little pocket of space that, that those type of players would fill. And Kane is dropping back and into that pocket of space, and he's got runners in people like Mora and Son and Bale and Bergwijn um, to to pick out and to 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 you know to get get those assists to get those passes as well as then you know make the pass but then he won't he won't just sort of stand there and and admire it he'll he'll make a run into the box um and and yeah. still get goals so he's he is a complete complete striker complete footballer um okay final question from richard healy he says our next seven games in the league look tricky after today's game we have today's game we've we have all our biggest rivals. How many points from the next seven league games would you, would you think we can realistically achieve? So, after the international break, we have Man City at home, Chelsea away, Arsenal home, Palace away, there's a lot of London derbies there, Liverpool away, Leicester home, and then Wolves away on Boxing Day. 21 points. Let's go for it. Go big. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Realistically, looking at at, at this, and, and I'm probably, I mean, we probably say this every season, but this season, it really, it's so topsy turvy. It's it's anyone, no one's running away with it at the moment. It's anybody's league to win, and why not, Spurs? Why not? Yeah. I mean, why can't we just come into form? And I don't care if we win the games one 0 I really don't. Mm. But we can. We have the ability. We have the depth of squad. We have the quality. We can do it. All we need to do is believe that we can do it. And as as much as it pains me to say it, because I've never been his biggest champion, Jose does have the ability to instill that in his squad. To tell them, you know what, even if it's just a 1-0 win, let's walk away with it. Because a 1-0 win is going to help us to achieve the, the the ultimate goal of winning the league and and we can do it so I'm with Bex why can't we just take maximum points there yeah I think that on paper there's a lot of difficult games right but I think that's a good thing and I think we do better against in the bigger matches I'm sort of glad that we've got the Burnley Brighton West Brom games out of the way and we've got the full points, and I'm, look, I'm more excited and looking forward to this set of fixtures. Um, shouldn't I don't think fans should ever look at a, or pundits or should ever look at a fixture list and say, "Oh, that's that's a difficult set of games for Spurs." No, that's 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 why we're in the league. That's why you want to be at the top of the table and or ch- be challenging for stuff. You want these big games, but you can and you play what's in front of you. So. Absolutely, and 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 it's it's also going to be a t- if it's a tough game for us, they're going to be looking at it and thinking, "Oh shit, it's Spurs." We're going to be a tough yeah. game for them. Um, I twenty-one points is it achievable? It's possible. Um, I think my only like. Um, my only um, reservation is that there are one, two, three London derbies, and historically, I think London teams do when they play each other they, over the course of the season, because there are a lot of London derbies with Chelsea, Arsenal, West Ham, um, ourselves, Palace, Fulham. 
um, historically they will home and away. That's probably there's probably more London derbies than there are, for example, you know, the, there's a Manchester derby, there's a Merseyside derby. There are big games, I suppose, over the years between title rivals, whether that's you know City and Liverpool. But we've got more local derbies than than the other teams in the league, and historically, I think points are dropped there. You know, and you look at games against Arsenal and Chelsea. It could go either way. It could go either way, and sometimes form is thrown out the window. Um, yeah, look, anywhere between eighteen or twenty-one, that would be really good. Um, I, mean, I don't want to make a prediction, but if we can get, if we can get high teens, or or better still, obviously twenty-one, I think that would be a really good, really good. That would put us in a really good position. And and I think the season is a lot of teams are in flux. Um, that sequence of games um, I don't know the teams around us who they're playing but they're going to have a lot of matches and the big question is will they be able to be consistent over that period of time and I'm not sure that you know I think by Christmas we'll have a better idea of who is who realistically who is challenging for the league are Tottenham a serious challenger are Liverpool you'd imagine are going to be there are Leicester City who are winning at the moment and a second are they are they a challenger are the teams below Southampton who went top briefly on Friday are they we'll have a better idea come come uh-huh. Christmas um, Boxing Day when these games are over. Right, final question. So this is a recurring question on the podcast. Um, so it's for you, Nikki, if it's your first time on the podcast this season. Spurs, heaven and hell. And this could be a person, a player, a moment, a memory of your time supporting the club. What's your heaven and what's your hell moment? Okay, so let's get hell out of the way. That would probably be the Champions League final. Uh VAR fucked us over, in my opinion, and ruined the game. And we just weren't up to the task after that. It just destroyed us. So that's probably my hell. Thanks, VAR, you fucking bastards. Then, in terms of of heaven, and everybody knows, or, or a lot of people know, that Danny Rose is just... I've, I've loved him for as long as I can remember. And and unfortunately, in, in recent past, he's just been dodgy and not, not the greatest. But I remember he was really at the top of his game on the 28th of December, 2016. We played away to Southampton and we bought, beat them 4-1. And he was just, he was really, around that time, he was just flying high. Him and Carl Walker were brilliant. He was brilliant. He had the most amazing assists in that game. And I remember he got injured shortly thereafter. And then he was never the same after that. So for mm-hmm. me, it was my, my kind of heaven because he was he was at the top of his game and under Poch. And he was just brilliant. He was flying. He was amazing. I loved everything about him right then and there. And, and sadly... He, he thought he was still that player, which he wasn't. And obviously now he's no longer with us. So, yeah, that's probably my heaven. Cool. Okay, the next podcast will be... Obviously, we obviously got the international break, so um, uh, we will be recording the next podcast two weeks, 
today um the sunday after we play manchester city all that's left for me to say is thank you nikki thank you jeff for having me it's been a pleasure thank you bex cheers thank you to all our listeners this has been the tottenham family podcast Is in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out, and we'll talk out over her.